Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Grind Season. This is Anthony Sane, one of the co-hosts of the Grind Season podcast, a twice-a-week podcast that is dedicated to the Memphis Grizzlies. I co-host this show with my good friend, uh, Jason Smith of the Jason and John Show, which you can hear on 92.9 FM here in Memphis, Tennessee, and across the world, wide web, across the world, at Odyssey Production. Uh, this podcast, of course, is a Odyssey Production as well. Um, going back, you can listen to Jason John's show Monday through Friday, 11 to 2 p.m. on 92.9 FM and on the Odyssey app, as well as this podcast, Grind Season, uh, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Make sure you guys are subscribing. Make sure you guys are sharing uh, the podcast on your social media, whatever you're doing. We thank you guys. We've been doing this for a while. We're entering the all-star break coming very soon, and you guys have been rocking with us for the entire season. We definitely appreciate that. We have a special guest today. Uh, I'll give you the rundown before we announce who our special guest will be. We're going to talk about uh, the four-game skid the Grizzlies are on. Uh, We're going to talk about uh, Steven Adams and some of the things that he kind of creates being on this team, uh, being such a good player for this team, and now being away uh, with the injury he has. We're going to talk about that today. Uh, The trade deadline, of course, is coming up. Then we're going to do something in our second and third segment called Mythbusters. We're going to talk about some things that uh, you guys talked me off the ledge last week. But I had some things. Instead of instead of questioning, is this team a fraudulent uh, group of individuals, like I said, possibly last uh, last show? I'm just going to – we're going to talk about some myths, Jason Smith. I'm going to ask you the questions, and I want you to answer them for me. It's going to be Mythbusters, two things. Uh, we're going to have two of those. That's how we're going to wrap the show up today. But our special guest today is a writer – for the Memphis Flyer. You can follow her on Twitter at Sharon Shy Brown. This is Sharon Brown from the Memphis Flyer, and she joins us today. Sharon Brown, what is going on, my good friend? Hey, how y'all doing? I feel so special that you guys invited me on. <laughs> and you should feel special. It's a pleasure to have you. Podcast in the world. <laughs> That's right. You doing all right? Yeah, I'm doing good. Y'all must make me start saying some names. You must think this is, I'm about to just throw some names out there. well Well, it's good to have you on tonight uh joining us as we rock and roll uh it was a three-man show today three i'm sorry three-person show today Um, get it right from the memphis flyers sharon the grizzlies are in the midst of a four-game uh losing streak losing to the golden state warriors in the last game they had two-point game last second shot by jordan Poole. Steph Curry was thrown out of the game. What are your thoughts on uh, the Grizzlies' four-game losing streak that they've got going on right now? Um, I think they will be fine. You know, they just came off of an 11-game win streak. Mm-hmm. So it was like uh, early in the season they had a, had, had a seven-game win streak, and then they went on a losing streak. Mm-hmm. I think it's just growing pains for them, and I think they will be okay. In the meantime, they're still second in the West. I mean, they haven't lost too much ground or anything. Denver is 2.5 games above them. Mm-hmm. Denver has a tough schedule left. I think they will be fine. There, they are. There are some struggles that they are having with the free throws, free throws, mm-hmm. and everything. But I think they're going to be okay. I, I, I think we need to get off the ledge right now. So you think I need to get off the ledge? Because I'm, yeah. I'm, my toes are, uh, and my toenails are any longer. I've been flipped over that joint for real. Because I'm definitely teeter tottering. <laughs> Over the edge right now, for sure. I, I think they were figuring it out, and I think a lot it has to do with coaching, uh, with the lineups. I know Jenkins can only do what he can do, but I think some of the lineups that he has out there is it just don't work. And I, I, I don't know. 
he has to figure it out and they have to work in place together. What's the best way to do that, Sharon, knowing, you know, with that Steven Adams is going to be out these mm -hmm. next three to five weeks and knowing how important he is to the offense and, and you know, in your view, what, what's the best way to, to sort of fix the mess right now offensively? Well, basically they need to make their free throws. <laughs> That's one. That will go a long way. You're right. You're right. Worst That's team one. Yep. Yeah, because if they made the free throws, some of these games they would have won. And then they need to use Jaron Jackson Jr. better on offense. Yes. Because there they are there are plenty of times he has men down low on the basket. They never throw him the ball. And I don't know why this isn't major for Taylor Jenkins to let them know, seek out Jaron on offense, but it's just like he's invisible at times with them. Jar Jar included. I mean they need to get him the ball, especially when uh, he has the low, lower man on him. They have to do that. They have to get him more involved in the offense. That's just plain and simple. You can't rely on Ja all the time, especially when he has triple teams and everybody's going at him. I was uh, What you're saying really lines up with my next question I have for you, Sharon, because we talked about Steven Adams being away from this team, and it's something that just kind of sticks in the back of my head a lot. I talk about it either on there or off there is that Steven Adams creates a interesting conundrum for this team because he's a guy who's definitely not a guy at 28, 29 years old that you think is part of the, you know, distant future. Like you, you don't think he's an integral part of the, you know, core going forward with this team, but he provides so much of the lifeblood of this offense with this team being such a bad shooting team, the way that it is, he gets so many offensive rebounds and put balls back that, you almost have to have him on the court because he's, you know, we saw last night we could have used, you know, some of his rebounding against guys like Kevon Looney uh, last night. It's like you you try to make him where he's not the vital part of what we do, but he's so important to what we do. The playmaking in the post, some of the defensive things he does this year have been crucial. But on the other end, he's a huge liability when it comes down to free throw shooting. He misses a lot of shots, you know, in the paint or whatever. And it kind of stops Jaron from being – the center of the future for this team. And like you said, we don't get Jaron involved. It's, it's almost like we, it's almost like we're uh, calling him too much. Like we're treating him like he's, you know, uh, a rookie or something in the league instead of letting him, instead of using him to his full, full, you know, capabilities or whatever. How, how do you explain that conundrum? How, how do you, what, what's, what's your theory as far as, as having Steven Adams as a guy who's important on this team and also looking towards the future and contending? Because you don't want to take what we're doing. You know what I mean? But it's just it's just so so many confusing parts to the whole Steven Adams thing. Is it just is it us saying that Steven Adams is not the future of the team, or is it the team saying that? That's a good point because we've never heard them say that. But exactly. He, he, he because just they, the it makes you because it makes they, you wonder. Right. It's just like they think that he's an important part of the team. It's us that's saying mm -hmm. this, that saying that Jaron is like the center of the future. And really, I don't think he played good at center, but that's just me. But, mm -hmm. um, yeah, I, I think that Stephen Allen is an integral part of the team because he makes John Morant better with those screen assists. Mm -hmm. John has more points in the paint when he's out there. John plays better. Stephen Allen is a facilitator out there. And they it's just like what he has, they don't have that right now. What it's, he brings to just, the table. It's just so confusing because it's like, Jaron is one of the only like, like tall fours left in starting lineups in the NBA. You know, I mean, most teams play 
a six seven, six eight, six nine ish. You know what we used to call small forwards. You know, maybe ten years ago, those guys are all power forwards now. So it's like they. It's like you can't really put Jaron in the post with Adams out there. It's like it's it's kind of it's so confusing to me as far as what their plan is. But like you said, they've never vocalized that Stephen Adams is not part of this organization's long term future. And then he just got an extension on the contract. And so it's it's just interesting to see how that how that whole thing goes because we see the value with him when, when he's gone for sure. Most definitely, he's yeah. very valuable. Very. What Sharon? What's fair to expect? We know Danny Green uh, expecting to make mm-hmm. his you know, debut early February, February first, whatever. Mm-hmm. What's a fair expectation, Sharon, for 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 Danny? We know he's 35. He's coming off injury. No, he obviously feels good about his, where he's at. Seems like the organization does. But but what's fair to expect? Is he going to be a a, a solution? A, you know, a, a guy that can help on some nights? What what, what are you expecting from Danny Green? Um, it's not going to be an instant thing because he's been rusty. He hasn't been playing in a while. But I think he's going to bring good things to the table because he's going to be on the actual floor with them and he mm-hmm. can like give the guys guidance instead of just sitting on the bench. He can be on the floor and can help them in that way. But I don't think it's going to be an instant thing. You get, you get I, me? I, I just don't yeah. think it's going to be instant because you know, like the rust is going to be there. Right. The adrenaline in the first game probably be good, but as the games go on, people going to, you know, going to be like, well, we should have traded him if they don't trade him. You know what I'm saying? Does your gut tell you they'll stand pat at the deadline, or that they'll make some? Yeah, I can. I can definitely see that for sure. Um, it hard to tell with this group. I just don't. I just don't know. My my heart is telling me they will stand pat, but they may make some minor trades. I I don't know. But so, if they um, go ahead. You you can go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, uh, my my internet started, you know, tripping a little bit. But uh, like with the whole trade deadline, is there any when you do you think they should? Do you think there's any chance they make a major move? Like it affects the starting lineup. Do you think there'll be something more towards the middle of the end of the rotation? Oh no, I don't think they're gonna mess with if if they mess with the starting lineup, it would shock me. Yeah, very much so. But um, minor moves probably um, something with Conchar and Tillman. Maybe I'm not sure. Well, a lot of fans kind of getting up up in arms about stuff that they're doing, stuff they're not doing, expectations. I was ready to jump off the ledge because, to me, you know, I have championship expectations for this team. I think that this team, with the right breaks, with health, the right shake in the in the uh, NBA playoff, the brackets, the way they're set up, I can see this team winning the entire NBA championship. What do you think – what is your personal goals for this team? Like, What, what makes a good season uh, this year? Um – if they get past the second round, for me, so that would you, be a good goal. You, just want to, you, just want to, you want to see them conference finals, basically. Yeah, right, finals. right. Mm-hmm. because every year Ja has been here, they have made, made improvements. I mean, mm-hmm. if they don't get to the finals, I mean, it's not going to make or break them. They're, they're still a young team. So if they get to the Western Conference final, mm-hmm. I mean, that'll be good enough for me. I, I'm sharing. I'm in agreement with you. Yeah, I, think I, I'm I, I ask you this: I, I, Do we have a tendency? I don't know whether it's us as media or or even as fans watching. Are, are we rushing this thing? 
Because it's like, I mean, not not to put this all on the shoulders of my man saying, but, but he's talked about, it. you know, a couple of days ago, we're doing we're on the ledge. We're saying, OK, there's a, you know, saying's on the ledge saying, we're, you know, this is a window we can compete right now. And I truly do believe that Memphis is a contender. But but do you get the sense that, you know, we're talking about a nucleus as, as mostly of guys that are under 24 years old. Do you get a sense that we're trying to rush things? Maybe because they they like be young, you know, like they're a young team, and people didn't expect them to be this good this soon. And then I think the expectations go high, and then like when they lose, people just go off the ledge, like go we crazy. said. Right. People just go crazy. Well, they need to do this. They need to do that. I saw yesterday when people was playing fire the coast. I mean, like for what? <laughs> yeah, like, you hang out in, really? in the Really? Are you serious? If you hang out in the Grizzlies Twitter spaces, you'll hear you'll see a lot of uh Coach Jenkins needs to be fired type stuff. I mean, somebody even brought up Lionel Hollis yesterday. Yeah. I'm like, are you I kidding? Me? <laughs> I'm like, are you serious right now? I mean, why would you want to fire this guy? He's the second winningest coach in Grizzlies history. Why would you fire him? He do make dumb decisions, but what coaches don't? Right. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, <laughs> wow. But I, I think it's just us. Our expectations expectations are too high for the team. I mean, they have some growing up to do, but hey, they still one of the youngest teams in the NBA. Right. Yeah. <laughs> we are talking, of course, to our good friend Sharon Brown of the Memphis Flyers. She's joining us on Grind Season today. Sharon, um, we've seen many people talk about uh, the Grizzlies and the Warriors. They just wrapped up another a hard-fought game. The Grizzlies are 0-2 against the Warriors this year. Uh, hard-fought playoff series against them last year. Lost a very deflating loss on Christmas Day after all the hype and, and, and excitement about that game. Uh, very deflating loss. And then another loss again last night. Uh, with that being said, uh, if you ask different people, they'll tell you different things about is this a rivalry, is it not a rivalry. Uh, 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 Draymond Green came out and said the Grizzlies need to win against us before it could be a rivalry, that, that type of language. Uh, people in Memphis, of course, think it's a rivalry. Uh, the fans uh, go back and forth towards you. I mean, Isaac, Isaac Simpson's been arguing with Warriors fans ever since the playoffs last year, uh, <laughs> pretty much. So uh, with that being said, what's your opinion about the Golden State-Memphis rivalry? And also another thing about that, that particular rivalry is that it's going to have an end date to it because guys like Steph Clay, Draymond, they're going to move on. So that's that's a that's a rivalry. You don't know what's going to happen in the next two to three years. Who do you think sets up um, to be a, a potential long term rivalry for uh, the Memphis Grizzlies? And also your opinion on the Golden State rivalry? Oh, uh, the Golden State rivalry that is like so funny to me. So they talked to Clay Thompson last night. He's still mad about the um, Andre Iguodala situation. Bro, right. get over it. <laughs> so right. what? Dylan Brooks said something about Andre Iguodala. Get over. it. And then it's just like these are two regular season games. It's not the playoffs. Regular season games. They have mm -hmm. two games in Memphis. Two that they might well lose. Okay, mm -hmm. so they win the season series. That's fine or whatever. It don't matter. It's not the playoffs. Right. Even if they they might not even make the playoffs. That's so, a good point. I mean, they might not. They may. They might not. Someone else might take them out. They might not even see Memphis in the playoffs. But um, it's. A it's a good little rivalry thing going on. Hey, Memphis uh probably will beat them at home. They won on their court. I mean, like, um, Memphis should have won the last game, the Christmas game. They game to me, it wasn't embarrassing to me. You know, that's the game they wanted, but again, a regular season game. 
That's yeah. what it is. It's just bragging rights for fans and for the players. It's a regular season game. Mm-hmm. And the rivalry, I think, uh, long-term, maybe Dallas and the Pelicans. I can see both of those. Both of those are division teams. Matchup. Yep, yep. Right. Uh-huh. We, we've – it seemed like that Dallas one is kind of – that's the one that seemed like it's boiling over more than anything because we haven't got them in the playoffs, but it's, there's a lot of animosity on. I think in order for something, like here's my thing, just to simplify, there are a lot of people debating about is this a rivalry and, and people. I heard people, um, Jason, Jason Williams and uh, what's the show that comes on in the morning with uh, uh, Key, Key, uh Keyshawn, Keyshawn Johnson and Jason Williams. They were talking about it and they were like, uh, the Grizzlies haven't won enough games, haven't won a championship. And all that. I was like, man, look. If it's all this drama between fans and between the players talking all this back and forth, it's a rivalry. Y'all can say what y'all want to say. It doesn't matter who's winning and right. all these things. Like it, it, it's if, if you guys have got this type of animosity towards us, even if y'all are dapping up, showing love, you guys are getting up. Both when both teams are getting up for each other, that's a rivalry in my eyes. I, so, yeah, it really is. And yeah. and it's just like I mean, people say the Grizzlies they talk too much, they can't talk because they haven't won anything. That's bull crap to me. Yeah, I've seen a lot I of mean, people talk green never won nothing. So. I mean, like you can talk all Gary you want. You just have entire to career Exactly. They can talk noise just like uh last night. Reggie Miller, Measure retired without a ring is one of the greatest talkers of all time. So right. But here's the thing. Last night I saw Golden State talking more than Memphis did. They were just talking, just all you know, all this mm-hmm. and then and whatever. But what's gonna happen when you know the tables are turned when it comes to Memphis? And they lose. What's gonna happen then? Yeah, well, it's you know, just hogwash to me. Talking pen up for sure. Again, we are talking to Sharon Brown. Oh, go ahead, Smith. Well, I, no, go ahead. I, the reset. We're talking to Sharon Brown, of yeah. course, of, the, of yeah. the Memphis Flyer. She's been kind enough to join us uh, on this edition of Grind Season. Sharon, is there a big difference for you whether the Grizzlies finish one or two? Uh, obviously, that doesn't. You know, nothing is guaranteed at this point. I know Sacramento is what three and a half back. You could still fall back if you continued on this path, but. Um, for you, is there a, is there a major difference between the one and the two seed uh, in terms of the Grizzlies getting it and and you know you, you've got home court in both, but does it matter at this point? To me, it doesn't matter as long as they stay number two and don't slide down too far. It re- mm-hmm. it really doesn't matter because it's like those teams like fighting like for the seven and seven two ten spot. That was gonna be some tough matchups, so I'd rather yeah. for them to stay two. <laughs> And then, and then, and then, fill this in for me, Sharon. The, the the Grizzlies will win the Western Conference Finals if you fill in the rest. They stay healthy, work on their free throws, and just um, take care of the ball. Pretty simple. All right, Pretty simple. Real quick, Sharon, we're gonna let you get up out of here and do your thing uh, for the rest of the night. What is your all-time favorite Memphis Grizzlies moment? Not particularly this season. Like, since in your day one fandom of the team, what's the number one moment for you? Um, When they came back and beat the Clippers uh, that night when um, – Yeah. yeah they was down yeah. 0-2. Uh-huh. Zebo got thrown out the game. Tony had popped his collar. That's, like, yeah. my favorite moment. Oh, yeah. That was that was the, the memphification of, of the Memphis Grizzlies, for sure. That was the night they became our team, to me. Yeah, that's that's mm-hmm. like, that, that was my favorite moment. It's just like, that would go down. You know, and then that Jod Dunk comes second. Mm-hmm. The one he did um, on the Pacers. Yeah, that comes number two. Okay, I got you. Well, Sharon, we appreciate you coming on Thank with us today. Thank you so much, Sharon. All right. Thank you guys <laughs> for having me. <laughs>
right, Sharon, we will see you. Enjoy it. Right. Again, that was Sharon Brown. Other members of Flyer, follow her on Twitter. Uh, Sharon Shy Brown. She's like, uh, all right. It's her Twitter. She was like, all right, y'all, I'm out. <laughs> like she has some food cooking or something. But yeah, good Great stuff, point. man, for sure. And you guys uh, are listening to Grind Season, the Grind Season podcast. We uh, come on twice a week. We are a Odyssey podcast. You can listen to us on the free Odyssey app or wherever you listen to podcasts. Thanks once again to our good friend, Sharon Brown of the Memphis Flyer for joining on, jumping on with us today. As we jump into our second segment, we they debuting a new segment today, Jason Smith. We do got two of them, as a matter of fact. They're called Mythbusters, Jason Smith. I'm throwing these out to you. Uh, these are some things that have been said a lot by our fans, by the media, even by some of our players in the organization. And I want you to tell me whether these things are truth or they are a myth, Jason Smith. Okay. Um, something that I hear all the time in regards to player progression with the Memphis Grizzlies is no matter who they draft and no matter how they look their rookie year, give that kid offseason, put him in the summer league, put him in the G League, they're going to become this magical, mystical player the next season. <laughs> and so far, it has happened. We saw this happen with Desmond Bain. We saw this happen with Brandon Clark. Brandon Clark was good his first year, though. He was. Uh, we saw this happen with uh, Santi Aldama, who's the magical, most magical, mystical unicorn of all the, the magical, mystical players that have been transformed over the summertime. Uh, we saw this happen a little bit with Zaire Williams uh, in the middle of the season, where he started off slow. And, um, you know, he came to he turned into a totally different guy who was ready to play, you know, get minutes in the playoffs last year. John Conchar, uh, he, he went through the development system um, and he got better over time. Um, is that a real thing with the Memphis Grizzlies? Is, is it is it is it that they they can get whoever they want and they can, you know, put this guy through development and he becomes this magical player or is it something else? Well, no, nobody's perfect. So you figure at some point the Grizzlies are due to, to miss on one of these guys. I mean, it has it been real? That's enough cases that it's been real. Obviously, the Grizzlies, in terms of identifying the guy, the kind of guys they like, and in doing so, those guys, Bain, Santi, you mentioned, very quickly are able mm -hmm. to contribute and, and make pretty big jumps. So it, so something clearly, the formula clearly is working, but saying if they, if they were going to hit it every time, um, you know, there, there's they be. I mean, it, nobody's perfect. I'll put it that way. Yeah. And so, so if we're applying this to Zaire, you know, at some point, you know, year two for him, we had a big expectations. We all talked about a big jump. You know, at some point, there's always going to be a wrench thrown into the process for mm -hmm. Zaire. You can blame some of it on injury. You can you can also probably say, well, maybe he's not Desmond Bain or Santi Aldama. May, and, and again, there's no promise that we don't see it from him more consistently. Later this season, I know he's coming off of a of a game in which we're we're killing him. You know, you finish minus nineteen that game, give up the winning basket, and 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 it hasn't been consistent at all. We've only seen flashes. We've wanted more, but now I'm saying I, I think it's a myth to think that every player the Grizzlies are going to get, as crazy as this sounds, and it ain't. <laughs> it, it's a myth to think that every player they're going to get is going to blossom right. second year. And we've sort of each time it's happened, we've applied it to the next guy as the you know as as as, as fact, and it's, you know, frankly, it's not going to go that way. Um, yeah. It's never like that for everybody. They're telling me that Jake Jake LaRavia is going to be Kyle Corbin next year or bubble Duncan Robinson is what, what I'm supposed to expect from him. 
because of the, because of the mystical magic. Right. Maybe maybe uh maybe Santi got some of Zaire's earlier when when Zaire was out. <laughs> I think he took some of the, the some mystical of magical magic, juice. Jump man, because Lord knows we we didn't see this for Santi coming at all. No, because that dude was a player at all. Right, and yeah. so so maybe some of the you know what what's not happening for Zaire, you can we can apply to Santi and say, well well dang, here's one. You know, it's not happening for but but damn, they did hit another one at Piers with Santi Aldama, and so. It does right. add, add to what saying it's an impressive track record, you know, Zaire included in terms of even mm-hmm. the struggles with what they've gotten from everybody else. But right. um, no, man, everybody's not going to hit in this way. Yeah. And whether it's, you know, the odds are LaRavia or, you know, I've liked what I've seen from Roddy in the time that we've yeah. seen this year. But the odds are one of those guys, right. one of them aren't you even. Got, you picked up five dudes. This I think, month. right. And if, if two stuck out of the five. <laughs> In terms of rotation guys going forward, mm-hmm. I think you feel pretty good about what you got. And again, that hit rate stays high, but it's yeah. it's silly to think that everybody's gonna, you know, grow right. and get better at this, you know, on that same timeline, especially from that year mm-hmm. one, year two. I'm I'm there too. I think it's a myth. Um I it I it's factual, like it has happened. They they've hit on they have not drafted a bad player. Yeah. yeah. And you're, you're even like your Xavier Tillman's, you know, he's a, you know, he's fine. You know, he's, they haven't got, they haven't drafted anybody. They've ended up having to cut in the first round. So, and which is every team, most teams cannot say that. I love you know what I mean, teams, a lot of teams have been known for drafting. Well, they've cut some dude uh, that was a first round pick. Um, I think what they do is simple. There's nothing magical about what the Grizzlies are doing. They, they draft well, they identify guys they like, and they give them ample op- opportunities to be whatever they envision them being. They develop their guys. They, they put them in situations that most teams won't put a guy in. That's a rookie right. like that. That's an inexperienced player. And guys are either going to make or break it with that type of, you know, leash that's been given to them, that type of trust. And there will be a guy that, that will flop, that won't uh, pan out. Um, a lot of eyes are on Zaire Williams right now because <laughs> he looks like he's definitely uh, regressing back. But uh, if I were a betting man, I think they'd be Jake Lorraine because I think he's terrible. <laughs> I don't think he's an NBA player. But uh, which is kind of disappointing because they traded up to get him. He was yeah. the premier player in this draft, the highest drafted guy in this in this class. I don't see it with him. But if the mystical magic works, like I said, he'll be Kyle Corver or Bubble Duncan Robinson, which either one would be an amazing player to add to this team next year. Uh, but I don't see it. But, hey, who knows? And again, you are listening to the Grind Season Podcast as we prepare for our final segment. It's another Mythbuster, Jason Smith. Okay. Did I throw out to you? This is Mythbuster number two. Is it possible for the Memphis Grizzlies to look what a do what appears to be title contending and developing young players at the same time? And when I say that, you see guys like Isaiah Williams who are getting a lot of minutes. Um, we start off the season playing Santi Aldama. I mean, not, even Santi. That's that, you started. You started Santi Aldama at the beginning of the season. Yeah. Didn't play at all last year. Mm-hmm. You started him when you had Brandon Clark on your roster. You had Dylan Brooks who could have moved over to play some forward. He could, he could defend for us. A lot of things you could have done. You could have started Tillman along with Stephen Adams. Who knows? Who cares? Whatever. You could have got a guy in free agency or, you know, whatever. You could have signed a guy. They started a guy who had never played last year. The season after battling with the Golden State Warriors and people saying we're NBA title contenders. 
they, we know that they focus on developing. So the question I'm asking is, is it possible to have a game plan, a strategy as a front office that is focused on contending for a championship and be a team that's focused on developing at the same time? Hard to do, Sane. Um, the Grizzlies are coming the closest I think we've seen. Like, it, it, we cannot stress enough that this coming into the season, this isn't wasn't based on minutes played, but age of roster coming mm-hmm. into the year. Because, you know, that with that minutes played, it goes up and down. But you're talking about the fifth youngest team in the NBA. Those other, those other young teams, the Magic, uh, uh, Houston Rockets, some of those, they're all at the bottom of the league. And so I say that to say this, that coming into this season and coming off a second-round playoff loss to Golden State, remember that it was – while you always had the players who could contend and maybe the system this year was always about number one, finding out developing the, the core that you have, that you didn't get to see much. Mm-hmm. All five guys, Steven Adams, Dylan Brooks, Ja, Jaron, all of them, Desmond Bay on the floor together. Remember it only happened what 11 times last year where you had those, those main four together. So this season was about finding out what that looks like together, getting them all healthy and, and developing that along with, you know, these rookies that you're trying to plug in at the same time. It was never about coming into this season. I know mm-hmm. saying you and, and I got to give you all the credit. You had this team higher in the standings than anybody in terms of what we thought. Hell, I thought they would end up being a, uh, that there was a good chance they'd be a five or a six seed. Mm-hmm. But coming into the season, it was never about contending for a title with 23 and 24 year olds. It was about continuing to develop your team, find out what it looks like when it's whole in the playoffs. And 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 continue that process. And oh, by the way, if you can contend, that's a luxury. That's a luxury for a young team to be able to contend right now. So the Grizzlies are the closest thing doing it. Same point to me. The examples of of of, of you know of teams that were developing young guys, 23, 24, but are in mm-hmm. this position because the ones that are this, as young as you, like we said, are at the bottom of the league right now. You know, determining whether or not to tank, and so. Back to your question, can, can you pull it off? The Grizzlies are pulling it off. But I think more important than contending this year, because that was never the goal, is, again, remembering, yes, you're trying to develop that core and see right. if, hey, is, does Dylan Brooks need to be a part of this or not? You know, uh, um, you know, finding out what you have in the playoffs with what you've got, that's all a part of, uh, of this long game, this bigger process. And so if – if yeah. yes, it can be done. The Grizzlies are doing it right now. They're developing. Santi's being developed. You're trying to develop Zaire. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, even Desmond Bain is still developing. What are we talking about here? John Morant right. and and Jaron Jackson. Jackson. Yeah, exactly. But, yeah. but the luxury is nobody in that starting lineup is finished product except for Dylan. Exactly. They're so damn good, Stain. And and at times the system is so good, especially defensively, mm-hmm. that that you can that you're contending right now. But yeah. I don't think you should lose. No one should lose sight. Of what this, you know, what this season was still about, which is still part of the building process. So that man, you're, you're a contender. You stay there. You know, you're talking about maybe return trips to the finals. Like it right. feels like Boston's in position to do right, right, right. Um, I would say that it's TBD, or there's not enough information to to de- determine an analysis of whether this is is a myth or not. Um, and for the same reason you said. Because when you start looking out through the history of the NBA, no team has ever done this. They, no. you never, even if you want to say those Oklahoma City teams that had James Harden, Russell Westbrook, and Kevin Durant, that team traded away a young Jeff Green for an older 
Kendrick Perkins to solidify that young team to make them, you know, a championship team. The Golden State Warriors, the homegrown example, they drafted Harrison Barnes and didn't play him, took him out of the starting lineup to, to have Andre Godala in there. You know, they started him in throughout the season, but when it came down to the playoffs, they acquired, they went and acquired, you know, Andre Godala mm-hmm. to solidify that team. Um, what the Grizzlies are looking like they're going to do, this is unprecedented. Like, like we said, you've got Santi, you had Santi Aldama starting on day one. Uh, you're playing games with Kennedy Chandler where he's getting minutes, David Roddy, Zaya Williams. You let go of two of your veteran players in DeAnthony Melton and Kyle Anderson, and your plan was, okay, Santi can do some of the Kyle stuff and, you know, some combination of Jitty and Zaire or somebody and Roddy, whatever's going to make up for what Melton did. And maybe Roddy can do some of the stuff Kyle Anderson did too. We'll figure it out. You know what I mean? <laughs> in the yeah. in the middle of being a team, that everyone was predicting to come back and be one of the contenders in the West. So, and Santi is to your point about Santi and Kyle, them numbers. Yeah. I know defensively it's not the same, but the three point shooting is very much uh, an better. Yes, upgrade. Just totals as versatility on offense. But man, like I said, it's it's hard it's hard to get upset about what they're doing because they are a very good team. Yeah. But it seems like it's frustrating because. Your natural the way that you watch basketball or process basketball all your life is young teams get good, then they go get that final piece. Rather, like we said, there's an Andre Iguodala or Kendrick Perkins or whatever it is. Oh, we need toughness. We need veteran leadership. We've seen this forever where teams go out and they get these guys. That yep. Boston team went out and got a Kyrie Irving. You know what I mean? All, these things have always happened. We, all, we've seen this forever. Like, you know, guys go out and add that, that extra piece or whatever. But what the Grizzlies are trying to do it feels like they're not going to do anything major because even, even even with the stuff that you hear them talking about doing, you're not seeing the Grizzlies like you're not hearing the Grizzlies connected to Pascal Siakam. You're hearing them connected to OG Ananobi, who's 23, 24 years old. You know, what I mean? <laughs> so uh, he's still like 24, 25. So they're not, they're not going out there. It, it, even if you do, you're not going to see the Grizzlies go get Bradley Beal or, you know, I mean, it's, it won't be – it's going to be somebody around that same age timeline, and it still will be someone who's developing to be a great player. Because that's one thing about guys like OG. You People see, like, okay, OG is good, but if you get him in the right system, can somebody unlock him and make him the Kawhi Leonard comp that he got? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. The uh, the uh, 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 Chris Middleton-type comps that he would get or whatever. Could he could he become that guy? But uh, it's, it's wild to see, man, with all the frustrations of this season. Um, I do get the development part. I do want them just go out and get a dude. Go get Malik Beasley. Go get Alex. Curry. Just hold your damn horses, saying just. I want. This part of me just want to say, man, stop screwing around with these dudes. Like I, I, I can't, I can't deal with too much more of Zaire from another night. Like, you know what I mean? Man, about, I mean, the whole case you just made. You know, Boston getting to the finals, losing, and deciding. You know what? We need to go get a Brogdon. They realized, and, and, and they were in the NBA finals last year. Milwaukee hitting their head up up against yep. it and decide, you know what, we know need to go get another guy. And it ends up being Drew Holiday that puts right. him over. And exactly. saying they, they put themselves in position where you have the assets that once you know, right, once you, you get to the playoffs, may, maybe it's a Western Conference Finals, hopefully it is, and you lose there. Then you make that decision, you have those assets, and you say, okay, yeah. now it's time. But I don't I don't think you want to rush that. I don't, you know, I Again, and I would point to Minnesota as a team that appears to have rushed the damn thing, right? Not le- not even yeah. learning how to win in the playoffs before they go out and make a all put all push all the chips yeah. in move. 
You don't yeah. do it that way. You learn yeah. first, like Boston Milwaukee have sort of done. And and I think then you put yourself in a better position. But you know, we'll we'll see how they do it. Maybe they're still saying some edge or edge work deal, a shooter you could go get yeah. where you're not necessarily spending as much as it feels like it's gonna take to get a, a OG Ananobi. I mean, other teams are gonna bid yeah. on you know be what? I'm gonna voice some frustrations. Man. Go ahead. And go I ahead. know the listeners probably gonna tear me up for this, especially one of these names I'm about to say. Are you telling me we couldn't have done nothing with Rui Hachimura? Like, we couldn't have got him in, like... Because that, that dude's going to put on numbers in L.A., bro. Like, he had, like, 12 points in his, off the bench in his first game. He's like a 6'8", 6'9", 3'4", super young, played on the same team with uh, with Brandon Clark. Um, come on, man. You know what I mean? Like... What? So so you're going to push Santi and... Uh, you're going to push Santi and Zaire back for Rui because you're ready to win now. Or try is, to. Am I, really, am I really saying that Rui is worse than Zaire? No, you're not. Yo, I'm assuming you're, no, you're gonna you're gonna plug them in and put them ahead of those guys. Yeah. Three, four. I mean, those are the guys that you're gonna. I'm saying, would I be mad at it though? Like, shouldn't he be in front of Zaire? I mean, right now, right now, sure. But in the, in doing that, saying I'm saying, does go to going back to your development question? Does it stunt? Does it stop? Even looking, does it stop? Tr- you know that process of trying to develop him. You know they're not trying to get off of that and put somebody in front of him. If he's yeah. young player versus young player, does it really matter though? Because Rue is Rue is Rue is the same draft class as Ja. So ain't like you're talking about some thirty year old dude. Yeah, I don't, I don't, yeah. This I don't, next one really gonna make you mad. This really, the next one you are gonna say you are gonna cut the show off when I say this one. Okay. Like, um, are we convinced that Cam Reddish can't play for real? Is that oh, really saying I'm gone? You talking? <laughs> Man, Cam Reddish is a tease, bro. Do not be teased. That man is a siren. That's what we're doing for real. All right, Max, this is Jason. As, as we wrap the show up, as we end this episode of Grind Season, tell me that the Grizzlies, if, if tr- tell me that if Cam Reddish and Zaire Williams, the whole thing was reversed. If Zaire Williams was drafted by the Atlanta Hawks in that situation he was in, and then was traded to the New York Knicks, and we drafted Cam Reddish at ten. Tell me, Cam Reddish doesn't have a better, way better tool set than Zaire Williams. And if and if the team like the Grizzlies had a focus on their developmental model with a guy like Cam Reddish, tell me that they wouldn't have two totally different careers. Possibly, I think I don't know. I question what the between the years on Cam Reddish. I can, I can see Zaire Williams not even getting any playing time anywhere awesome. other than here. Possibly. There's some no, wires. Man, what? Cam had that one good game against the Grizzlies. Got you crazy. <laughs> Early. <laughs> man, they ain't played that well since. Uh, <laughs> but Cam Reddish can play, man. You man, Maybe they can bring you Alec Burks or something, man. Just something to uh, satisfy this little itch you got to do something. To get some I got, a, I've got, a, I've got a fetish for big wings. Shout out oh, to wings. Oh, it's, big, it's a big wing you want. Yeah, the wing guru ain't got big wings though. Mm-mm. Shout out to uh, Central Barbecue or somebody. I don't know. <laughs> they wings big as shit. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, but seriously though, man, like, are we really acting like Cam Reddish like can't play basketball? Like, is he a worse basketball player than Zaire? I just, they're so into into molding now, and I just. I, is Cam enough of a of Cam a like twenty two, bro? We came over twenty two, and it feels like he's he's been the league how many years? <laughs> been given how many chances? He's the like, same age, 
Same class as John and Zion, though, bro. Are we acting like we couldn't get that dude and do nothing with him? Uh, is that what we – okay, better comparison. Is Cam Reddish worse than John Concha? No. <laughs> so why, do we, why, why don't we go get Cam Reddish, bro? And like, say, well, John Concha has been real. We'll, uh, we'll holler at you. Again, I'm I'm not in a rush. I'm not in a rush to put anybody, you know, to to put bodies in front of Santi and Zaire. I'm not in a rush. I'm not in a rush. I hate no, we're gonna learn about Zaire one way or the other. Like we're gonna find out this year. And we find out by I think, he, I think he's a little fraudulent by putting him out there. I mean I'm a Zaire guy. Some of y'all, it sounds like have made the decision on him yeah. on Zaire, and that's fine if you have, but that, yeah. that organization's not done with him. We yeah. we gonna find out if it's a bust or not. It might hey, be. I, I would not be shocked if, if a minor trade goes if a, not not a, if a trade goes down and Zaire is a part of it. Maybe because some might see he him still having that first round yeah. value. Yeah, he's still yeah. six nine, six ten wing that can you know do some stuff in theory. He's not done, man. I'm not. He's gonna learn from me. I'm telling you, done. man. Having a John Morant in the locker room too. If that yeah. dude, if that dude believes in you, now yeah. not. You continue to have games like last night be minus 19, John Moran won't. But if he if, if he does, and 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 that's one of his flying partners on these alleys, if John believes in you, bro, you still got a chance, man. It's just the fact that I believe that Jake LaRavia and John Conchard and some second round picks could have got could have added Ruri and right inexpensive. Cam Reddish and Ruri to this roster. You take those guys, develop them just like the rest of your young dudes. But these are guys who got a little bit more of a higher ceiling than, you know, Jake LaRavia and John Concha. <laughs> well, is, that, is, that, is that a move that put, that locks you and pushes you past Denver for the one spot? You know, but I'm does saying, it move, if we're, if we're contending and developing, if we're contending and developing, can I develop some dudes who actually can play basketball? Is that okay? Maybe so. Again, you know what I mean? Again, what was you saying about Santi this time last year? What were we all yep. saying? We just can't. We just can't pull out something. We can't. He whooped Joe Lewis's ass. And we can't. We can't do that every time we talk. I'm, about just, I'm just saying you got you. You, you sat up and did a whole. You did a whole monologue about about how well this team drafts and everything else, and eventually you did a whole monologue about it. And and you're deciding that we've seen enough on on Zach. Well, we we speaking we mystical stuff now, man. We 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 talking mystical stuff now because you know somebody's gonna be sorry, bro. Like everybody ain't gonna just. It's a good chance it's Zaire, and we know Contar <laughs> is. Yeah, it's looking like Jake Laravia is going to be real with you. This man, man, you ain't seen enough of Jake Laravia be able to tell if that man can uh shoot. I gun. saw the man get two. I saw the man get two technical fouls because he can't hold nobody. He's just out there just tripping folks up. <laughs> it's an issue right now. And won't shoot the ball. He's a shooter that won't shoot the ball. So, well, anyway. and you're right. He was their highest pick. So you, uh, right. we would it would have been nice to see. But man, it's uh you we got to like flicks liked a little bit from what you've seen from Roddy, like you know, in the yeah, little Roddy can play, yeah. Roddy's yeah, they got a swagger to him. Roddy's got that alpha mentality, he was big dog at Colorado State, you know. Football player, he ain't begging nobody to give him the ball. Yeah, but yeah, man. Uh it's been another great show, real fun. Shout out to Sharon Brown of the Memphis Flyer for jumping on with us today. Shit her, yeah, for sure. Make sure y'all Go back and listen to it. We break it down into bite-sized pieces for you guys. We make it edible for you. Speaking of edibles, I'm about to slide about this joint too. But uh, yep. get up in the moon, up in the clouds real quick. But now, nah, y'all uh, <laughs> continue to check us out. Continue to subscribe, share us, care about us. 
you know, develop us, nurture us, put us in the G League, and uh, make watch us be the best podcast you'll ever see in due time. Contending. Yeah. Well, contending. Yeah. Contending. We're, we're contending and developing here so at the grind season. Yeah. But until, uh, until next time, we'll see y'all and keep grinding.